The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After their most dominant performance to date against Atlanta, our beloved return home to Soldier Field to take on the Jekyll and Hyde team from the AFC East and the 2-3 Miami Dolphins. Which of the teams did the Bears face and what impact did it have on the outcome? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 7 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Lucky week number seven. Not so lucky for our beloved Chicago Bears against the Miami Dolphins. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back. The week seven review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And it was, um, oh, man, did, did, that, did that week mislead us or what? I mean, the way that, that, that it started, Miami taking the football to get things going. First play of the game, Jay Ratliff sacks Ryan Tannehill. They have a dud of a first drive, three and out, boom, it's over. It's like, oh, yeah. So the defense is picking up where they left off, and that was pretty much the end of the success that the Bears had against the Dolphins on Sunday. It was a tough, tough game uh, to watch, a 27-14 loss from the bears and and frankly it wasn't even that close it 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 wasn't uh it it, um you know if if teams were awarded uh style points uh miami would have beaten us by 50 uh on sunday because they just seem to be on it from from this from the first snap of their second drive until the end of the game miami just handed it to the bears and um you know the only time the bears looked organized was uh on offense anyway the the opening drive of the second half the bears took it 80 yards for a touchdown for their first points in the game uh other than that the the defense uh the defense couldn't get itself off the field uh aside from a brilliant performance from jay ratliff they were <sighs> it was just bad and then the, the offense just couldn't get anything going could not get anything going uh, aside from the one drive uh the one scoring drive and then we added a a garbage touchdown in the fourth quarter to to have our two uh, scores but uh, other than that it was uh not something that you wanted to be uh be privy to to be a witness of and it uh, it was bad it was bad so uh, when you say we just ripped the band-aid off and just dive right into this the review the bears and the dolphins on sunday You know, it just seemed like it was going to be one of those days, uh, and and I and I mean that in a good way. You know, it was uh, 
It was beautiful and sunny, not a cloud in the sky in Soldier Field. Uh, you know, it just uh, the weather was perfect, perfect fall weather for football. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, after that first defensive drive, then the wheels kind of came off. The The offense just, um, you know, it, it just they, they were flat. It, it was just they never came out they never came to play i mean it just it was you know the the vibe that you got from the field was that um you know it was a team that was divided from the beginning in in the regard that you know some of the guys looked like they came to play other guys just came to get paid that day and um uh, unfortunately when when your team is is not on the same page that is uh, the the result that we got on Sunday is invariably what you'll see every single time. So no team is so talented that they'd be able to overcome the vibe that they were putting off on the field on Sunday. And and it you know I I it was there before things started to go bad, and and that's kind of uh, you know why it was that that this has been such a, uh, a you know a controversial last couple of days. Uh, for the Bears, I mean, the blow up in the locker room, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes, uh, and, and everything that's followed, this is the most media attention the Bears have gotten all all season, you know, even after going into San Francisco and shocking the world with the, you know, the 21 points in the fourth quarter to upset the 49ers in, you know, christening this new stadium uh, of theirs, uh, it, it took a locker room blow up to all of a sudden people care about the Bears now. Uh, you know, uh, you know, here I am sitting in my living room uh, on Tuesday morning uh, recording the show and Ed Werder is having some kind of discussion uh, on the, you know, on the 8 a.m. Sports Center, big segment uh, talking just about the Bears. But of course, none of what they're talking about is good because they're talking about the fallout from the meltdown in the locker room that the players had just before the press corps was released into the locker room to talk to them. So it. um you know, it, it's not good, and and we'll talk about further implications towards the end of, of the show. What uh, what could be the possible uh, outcome of all of this? Uh, you know, when it's all uh, said and done. So, but uh, you know, here we are. You know, you can kind of hear it in my voice from the start when I talk about it in the uh, first quarter knee jerk reaction. Just something just doesn't seem right. <laughs> knee jerk reaction to the first quarter: the Bears and the Dolphins, and it. Started out pretty good there on that first drive. The Bears sacked Tannehill on first down to kick off the uh, the game. They send the Dolphins out uh, three and out. But uh, the second drive for the Dolphins was uh, looked like a Madden drive on easy. They just chip, 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 boom, touchdown. Uh, on the next drive, they're up seven to nothing. And uh, our offense can't really seem to get anything going uh, so far. Can't quite get out of our own way. Jay Cutler uh, nearly throws a... Uh, well, a lateral that, that almost turned into a fumble if Kaneem Carey didn't get to it uh, on time. Uh, Cutler was sacked at the, end, the, the last drive. They just uh, seem to be kind of uh, out of sorts and, and can't get the footing on, on offense. But uh, And Miami just seems to be the moving the football on at will now after that first drive where the Bears' D looked awesome. So uh, actually we just need to kind of settle down in the second quarter, get our get our bearings and uh, get this thing going. We're down 7 nothing as we go into the second quarter. 
So, so you hear me on that. We look out of sorts. We need to kind of get it going. You know, basically just saying like the Bears don't look like they're ready to play today. It, it just, uh, uh, you know, and it became more and more apparent as things went along. You know, then uh, in the second quarter, we 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 had the we had there was you know a turnover that led to a big return. Some of the worst tackling I've ever seen on that return. I mean, it, it, the guys on offense show why they play offense by displaying some of the worst tackling uh tackling attempts i've ever seen uh out there i mean the they basically should have had him dead to right this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But Martellus Bennett, uh, you know, just tried to grab him around the shoulders and he got away and break this tackle, make a move here. And the next thing you know, the guys look like he's going to score. And they finally stop him after about 50 yards. And But the Dolphins turn that into points. And, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it just, it was bad. Uh, in the second quarter, I mean, the first quarter was bad. The second quarter was uh, was worse. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Dolphins, and just to just to sum up the half, um, we sucked. And they didn't. Uh, that's pretty much it. The only the only person who seemed to got the memo that uh, we were actually playing a game for real today was Jay Ratliff because uh, by my count he's got um, depending on how they scored that last one uh, three and a half or four sacks in the first half on Tannehill. He's essentially the only defense we've had uh, today. Otherwise, Tannehill just threw his first incompletion of the game with 54 seconds to go in the first half. So he's 14 of 15 for something like a buck 70 and two touchdowns uh, in the first half. Uh, the Bears are down 14 uh, to nothing. And I hope that at halftime we we, we find uh, our, our balls or our heart or whatever that uh, somebody would uh, join Jay Ratliff uh, as the only person that came to play today uh, in the second half. But uh, we start with the football, and hopefully we set a tone that will help us uh, – carry us to victory in the second half because right now it just looks like a joke out there and that's how obvious it was it just it just did not look like anybody came came to play and that and that's uh, the other reason why the bears are kind of under fire today uh, a roster as talented as the one that we have especially on the offensive side to look so flat so unprepared uh to play it um 
You know, it was almost, uh, as far as our offensive performance, almost Lovey-esque, where it we just always seemed to be so slow coming out of the gates. Like, we we didn't spend the entire week preparing for the game. We went into it not expecting or not knowing what to expect from our opponent and then we had to make adjustments in the second half to try to make a to try to make a run at it uh, before we the game completely uh, got away from us and um, you know that's ultimately what cost Lovey his job was that the offense was just completely out of out of sorts every time that uh, they took the field but uh, you know I mean I made the I made the comment it just it just looked I hope that we would find our our heart or our balls whichever was going to be necessary to get us a victory uh, or for it to to come out and and play like a play like a football team uh, in the second half. And aside from the uh, you know obviously uh, honestly a, a brilliant drive to start the second half, it was completely negated a few minutes later by the defense just not uh, just uh, being the swinging gate that it's been from time to time. Uh, and, and the Dolphins just counteracted the the momentum we had on offense by completely uh just blowing right past us on defense knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter the bears and the dolphins and in the second half uh it would appear that the offense has uh decided to show up the the defense still hasn't left the locker room however because after an impressive 80-yard drive out of the offense capped off by a 10-yard matt forte reception uh the defense allows miami 13 plays 83 yards and more importantly the bears had him fourth and one at about the 40 yard line or so and the, the, the they've been running the zone read with ryan Tannehill, who broke off a 30 yard run to get it down to about the 10 yard line uh, on fourth and one the dolphins got like 30 yards uh, out of their quarterback uh, of all people and uh with shortly thereafter put in the end zone to completely negate the touchdown that the Bears started the second half off with and those were the only two drives of the uh, third quarter the Bears ran a couple of plays uh, at the end of the third quarter there they have the football and uh, you know like I said the offense is moving the ball it's just the defense um, you know completely fell behind I mean uh, the offense didn't help but they had the turnovers and such uh, in the first half but uh, you know the defense needs to buckle down and generate a turnover of our own because we got to get it back we're down two scores as we head into the fourth quarter so with just the one drive for the offense uh, in the third quarter I mean we, we had a uh, about three or four plays before the third quarter uh, ended but uh with just that one drive, there was still some kind of you can kind of hear me with some kind of air of hope, air of hope in my in my voice, because uh, we did look good on that drive, moving the ball very consistently down the field. A very nice ten yard reception from Forte to uh, to cap things off. But uh, you know, as you heard me say again, thirteen plays, eighty three yards, uh, basically what was left of the of the third quarter as far as time of possession for the Dolphins to move the ball down the field, and then the dagger. Uh, you know, I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin, quite frankly. Uh, the Bears had the Dolphins fourth and one. They're at the Bear 40 or so yard line. And, uh, you know, it, it's one thing on fourth and one to get two yards and move the chains. It's another thing on fourth and one when you got 10 guys in the box and you blow right past the defense and, you know, someone has to make a touchdown saving tackle uh, to prevent it from going into the end zone kind of thing and that's what that play was Tannehill you know on, on fourth and one got 30 you know that's that's just it makes me sick to even talk about it. that's just how bad 
uh, uh, they looked. It was completely frustrating to watch because they were just uninspired, uninspired, uh, flat, uh, un- you know, over and over again. Uh, just, just how bad they looked, and they looked confused out there. Uh, the Dolphins did a lot of uh, kind of crossing patterns. Uh, in such misdirection and the Bears look completely lost pretty much all the time the whole time trying to keep up with it the Dolphins did whatever they wanted whenever they wanted however they wanted uh, uh, again and again uh, on Sunday I mean the time of possession uh, as I look at it now here on the box score 37 minutes to 37 minutes 23 seconds to 30 or 22 minutes 37 seconds for the Bears. So basically, the Dolphins had the football for two thirds of the football game. Uh, you know, so of a 60 minute game, our defense spent almost the entire, almost uh, almost three full quarters of football on the field, and our offense was on the field for one. Basically, that's that's what it was was like. Because whenever the Dolphins had the ball, they didn't just hang on to it for a few seconds. They held on to it for multiple plays. Uh, you know, the, the Bears and the Dolphins had the same amount of drives. The Dolphins had 10, the Bears had 9, but the Dolphins ran 69 plays to the Bears 51 plays. So they, they almost ran 20 more plays in only one more drive than we had uh, on Sunday. And, and that is that, that sums things up with how poorly the defense played and how hard it was for the defense to get the Dolphins off the field. The only thing that got the Dolphins off the field was after they scored, and that um, that was basically how the defense got themselves off the field. They let Miami score so they could get a, a you know a two minute breather while the offense went three and out uh, on the next drive. So it was uh, yeah, it was tough to watch. So, but finally, you hear me in the the fourth quarter knee jerk reaction. I just summed the whole thing up and. Uh, you know, mercifully, this game is, is has been put to an end. Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Dolphins, and mercilessly, this thing is over. Um, the offense put a garbage touchdown on the board about halfway through the fourth quarter um, to kind of make the score appear a lot closer than it actually was. Uh, but then, of course, Miami marches right down the field with 13 plays and 65 yards. Five and a half minutes, and they kick a field goal, but that's, yeah, they added another one just uh, just a few minutes ago. The final score, 27-14, to 14, as the Bears uh, conclude their, their the first half of the home schedule, 0-3. Uh, we'll have five chances to get a victory in the second half of the season. Let's hope we can get uh, at least one of those. Uh, that'd be nice, but... Uh, yeah, it was pretty awful from start to finish. Uh, very few bright spots and a, an extremely, extremely disappointing performance considering how well the team overall, like one of our first complete performances of the year last week against Atlanta, and we just come home to Soldier Field against an inferior team and just lay a complete egg from start to finish in this one. So uh, the Bears fall to 3-4 and four and looking to try and stay at 500 in Foxborough against the Patriots next week, which right now I just totally don't see that happening. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see how that goes down. So, yeah, the the next game that we have is uh, next Sunday to close out the first half of the schedule. And then, 
you know, talk about a team in dire need of a bye week. Uh, it, um, you know, they they actually they could use it right now if if they could have week eight off and come back week nine against the Patriots. That would probably benefit this team a whole lot more uh, than uh, than right now, uh, just because it's it, this team needs a break. It it really does. Um, it it, uh, it needs some time to do some soul searching and try to find out who it is that they are. Because I was reading an article yesterday. Tim Jennings came out and said, "We have no identity." Now I, I'm I'm thinking that he was talking about the the defense, but uh, just because uh, you know the defense has uh, had its bright spots and had its low spots and. Uh, you know, actually, it's the whole team that's like that. Special teams has been wildly – it's either been bad or inconsistent. Uh, the offense has been brilliant and then horrible. Uh, and the defense can't seem to make up its mind what it wants to be. And, uh, you know, it, it it was like last year we did have an identity. We're an offensive football team and we just needed the defense to get us a stop or two because we were going to score enough points to win us the football game this year it's just not like that we're we're not uh we're not we don't have the the same you know get up and go on on offense that we had last year where we could withstand something like the the dolphins were putting together on sunday because we were going to come out there and put together our own 12 to 15 play drive that put points on the board to match what our opponent uh did and um you know with the way the defense played on sunday the offense needed to be perfect and of course we had three turnovers again uh jay threw an interception in the second quarter uh he had a sack fumble uh at one point cameron wake beat jordan mills off the ball and, and got to him um you know and and forced the fumble uh sack there um and uh Dante Rosario had a had a fumble on, on what was looking like a promising play before the ball got squirted out of his hands there so three turnovers for the Bears none for the Dolphins once again and that was been the tail of the tape whenever we turn the ball over we lose and that's how it went down uh, on Sunday, it happened at home in in front of our home team, in front of our home fans, and the fans were booing. Uh, you know, Kyle Long, God bless him. I love the kid. Uh, he's 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 going to be one of our our leaders going forward. I mean, he's only a second year player, so he hasn't quite taken the mantle just yet as the as that leader. But that's who he's going to be, and um, he's one of the more passionate, fiery guys that we have in the locker room. Uh, initial reaction to the fans booing was of course you know how dare they uh you know they're supposed to be our fans they're not supposed to be booing us uh you know and we could have used some help on third down because there wasn't enough noise on third down for the dolphins and you know i obviously what he said not smart uh, especially considering the market that he plays in they don't come much more passionate than us bear fans and we take offense when our players call us out like that um but i love the fact that he that he would say something you know he's he was one of those guys that showed up to play on on sunday and um you know there were other people that uh just showed up to get paid uh on sunday and there was a huge blow up in the locker room i'm sure all of you have heard about it 
uh, by now. Uh, you know, sources say you know that Brandon Marshall was calling out Jay Cutler, you know, either for not playing as well as he could have, or uh, you know, some even have say to narrow it down about Marshall being selfish and saying that Jay didn't get him the ball enough uh, on Sunday. Um, you know, to somebody uh, yelling at Robbie Gold, telling him he's just a kicker or or you just kick the ball and 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 things like that but this is uh i mean you know it's bad because the team knows that the press is outside the locker room waiting to be let in and yet this shouting match that took place in the locker room with everyone in the room full well knows that the press corps can probably hear that and it didn't matter they were out there shouting at the top of their lungs back and forth uh with each other regardless of what the fallout might be um with the uh with the press and um you know, it it speaks to a much, much bigger problem starting at the top with our head coach. And uh, basically that it's he he may be losing his hold on this team. Uh, and it's honestly, if the Bears come out in the second half, you know, just just forget about the New England game for a second. You know, let's just whatever happens is going to happen with that New England game, and we get the week off, we come back out on Sunday Night Football against the the Packers and look unprepared, even though we've had two weeks to prepare for the game. We come out uninspired, dragging our feet, no pep in our step, no heart, no no sense of urgency there. Regardless of what happens, we're either going to be 3-5 or 4-4 going into that game against the... uh, Packers right now we're two games behind Green Bay and Detroit who are both five and two there has to be some kind of sense of urgency in the second half of the season and uh, you know if the Bears don't come out and show anything and we stumble our way through the second half of the season there's gonna have to be some kind of discussion about whether or not Mark Tressman is the right guy to be leading this team I mean like I said we're just too good on paper at least, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. We've got this retooled and, you know, solid offensive line. Uh, We have this receiving core that is the envy of the entire league. We have a tight end that is, uh, you know, athletic and and can catch the ball as good as any tight end uh, in the league. We have the, you know, one of the best running backs, uh, one of the best – all-around running backs in the league who is at the moment leading the NFL in receptions, and that's no joke. He's leading the NFL in receptions right now, and and yet we can't get out of the gate uh, on offense and uh, against anyone. You know, we really have, aside from, I mean, we even came out slow against the Falcons last week, and, you know, before we really started to pour it on uh, at the end of the second quarter and into the into the remainder of the game we haven't really had that performance where we come out of the gates boom 14 points on the first two drives we haven't really done that yet i mean the 49er game we had to wait until the fourth quarter to score our three touchdowns that uh you know helped us stay in the game and helped us win it and uh and and so on it uh you know once you lose the locker room the season could very well be lost so that's what i was saying that there has to be a lot of soul searching being done in that bye week uh you know i don't know we need to do some team building skills or 
or whatever to try to get a camaraderie and a closeness uh, uh, back into things uh, for the Bears. But it's whatever there needs to be right now, it just isn't there. And that's why the Bears are suffering uh, out there. Uh, in you know, when, when they take the field, there's just not uh, what needs to be there just isn't. And that starts at the top, or at least the guy that's going to pay for it will be uh, the head coach. So, I mean, rumors are already starting with the way that things are going for the Jets in New York. Rex Ryan might be leaving town. And who who would be a better fit for the city of Chicago than Rex Ryan, who would be kind of a legacy choice because of his dad's tenure uh, in Chicago. But talk about a guy that Chicago has wanted as the the kind of guy I should say um an animated fiery hard on a sleeve kind of guy that Rex Ryan would be I mean I would I would just love that to be honest with you not to mention that uh you know in the area that we're lacking right now on defense that is his area of expertise so the bears would become a 3-4 team because that is that is also Rex Ryan's area of expertise but I think we'd become a much more aggressive and fiery and emotional team, uh, which is uh, kind of like the city that they represent. So just seeds being planted for that discussion that, uh, you know, and once that discussion begins, it's it, it, once that, that train leaves the station, it's, it's very hard to uh, pull the car back into the, back into the station. Uh, quite frankly, and and uh, Phil Emery has has shown in his short period of time as our general manager, this only being his third season, but he is he has shown to be one of those guys that that tends to be on the same page, or at least has his finger on the pulse of the fan base. Uh, you know, going into his first season as general manager, one of the main areas of concern was a wide receiver. At the end of his first offseason, we had Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, we still needed to fix the offensive line in 2013. We go out and get uh, Jermon Bushrod. We sign Matt Slauson. We draft Kyle Long and Jordan Mills, and boom. Well, we went from being 30th in the NFL and giving up sacks to fourth uh, last year. We, we needed help with the defense. That was obvious. We go out and make the signings that we did. Now, obviously, the defense has not been what we needed it to be thus far, but Emery answered the call and went out and got fixed what needs fixing. So, you know, if at the end of the season it still appears that the football team is not whole under Mark Tressman, he won't be able to ignore that and may have to pull the trigger on bringing somebody else in to uh, take the lead uh, of this football team. So, uh, but like I said, the, the bad thing for Mark Tressman is that this discussion has begun, and it's begun already uh, because the team is not performing the way that it's supposed to. And, uh, you know, when you have a meltdown like the one you had on Sunday, that reflects very poorly uh, on the head coach, and things only get worse from there if the Bears continue to not win. So anyway, that's my little commentary on that whole situation. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. It's going to be a short segment because the list on both sides is very, very short. Uh, from everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up and Bear Down.
up and bear down for the week seven review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And as I stated, it's a short list on both sides. So we'll start with the bear downs because there's only two names on that list. And uh, just bear down to the entire defense, uh, every last one of them. Um, Minus the one guy that's on the bear up list, and I'm sure you guys can figure out who that is, and we'll make it official here in a moment. But uh, bear down to everybody except that one person. Uh, Completely uninspired uh, swinging gate defense that the Bears were playing. What they the the biggest problem is that the Dolphins came into this into this season uh, not knowing about the future of their franchise as far as who their quarterback was going to be. Ryan Tannehill uh, has, is the biggest question mark on this team. And, you know, the, the Dolphins have a decision to make at the end of the season. The game that he played against the Bears, you would think that the next Marino was in town. The, the kid for the first time in his career, 14 of 14 to start the game through his first incompletion with less than a minute to go in the second quarter. Uh, you know, was just perfect, you know, looked like the most, looked like a first-round pick, looked like the, the Dolphins got a steal by getting him at like 17 or wherever it was the Dolphins drafted him. He played like a top-five pick uh, against the Bears uh, on Sunday. And, of course, he hasn't done that against anybody uh, in, in his career. This is his third or fourth uh, season uh, at the helm for the, uh, for the Dolphins. And... Um, you know, it's just been remarkably bad uh, for Tannehill, but not when he played against the Bears. He looked like a brilliant, brilliant quarterback with a mind for strategy. Because whatever he tried to, whatever he tried to implement on Sunday against the Bears, that thing went off without a hitch. Uh, not to mention, he looked like an overall complete player when he ran the zone read to perfection and had something like 60 yards rushing by himself. Uh, on Sunday so it was um, an abomination from the defense just a terrible terrible performance which was you know it I I I wonder how this performance would have been accepted if it wasn't coming off the heels of their best game of the season uh, against the Falcons last Sunday where the Falcons had like 220 yards of total offense you know, we sacked Matt Ryan four times. They couldn't, you know, they had to call, uh, you know, a noise timeout in their own feet on their own stadium last Sunday. And, you know, to, to return with the performance that the Bears had on defense this past Sunday. I mean, what a complete, complete letdown uh, from the, the, the high hopes that were uh, that were created by their performance last Sunday uh, against the uh, Falcons. Um the other bear down, of course, goes to Jake Cutler. Uh, you know, just a terrible performance on his part on Sunday. Uh, 21 of 34, 190 yards. He did have a touchdown, but he threw that one pick in, in, in which no one really knows who the hell he was throwing the ball to. Uh, Martellus Bennett was not there. He, he was in the area. I think that's where Jay was supposed to be going to the ball with, but it was thrown ahead of him and over his head. And Santonio Holmes, the other receiver in the area, was running a, a go route down the sidelines that was nowhere near where he was at that point. So, uh, you know, he was also sacked three times, had the fumble on one of those sacks from Cameron Wake. And, um, 
you know, Jay's not playing like a leader. He's not playing like a guy that's at the head of this uh, explosive and, uh, you know, uh, dangerous uh, offense. And it just uh, – the vibe just isn't there. I mean, no one's really ever accused Jay of being a leader, but as the quarterback, it's kind of your job. It kind of comes with the territory, and uh, he's doing almost nothing to uh, to live up to live up to that. So, uh, you know, of all the people, uh, you know, I got to give the bear down to him on that one. And then finally, bear up the one guy on the whole team. You heard me mention him by name in the knee jerk reactions: Jay Ratliff, three and a half sacks uh, in the first half alone. Uh, against uh, Tannehill, uh, led the team, which is very hard for a defensive tackle to do. Seven tackles, four tackles for loss, and four other hits on the quarterback, along with his three and a half sacks uh, on Sunday. He played like a monster. This is the guy that we that we were hoping we would get once he was 100% healthy when we signed him off of injured reserve, basically. Uh, the Cowboys let him go because it was going to take him too long to heal last year. Well, we had the patience to to wait for it. And uh, he's uh, paid off very, very well so far uh, for the Bears, especially uh, last week against the Falcons after he returned from the concussion issues and uh, has played very, very well since he got back out on the field yesterday being his best game of the season, getting a whole month's worth of sacks in one game uh, for Jay Ratliff. So, like I said, uh, in the knee-jerk reactions, um, you know, it'd be nice if they're in the locker room that they would play like uh, like Jay Ratliff, who was the only one who got the memo. This this game counts, guys. This game is, is for real. It's not the preseason. You can just go through the motions. You got to come out and play like you want to win the football game, and the Bears did not. Jay Ratliff showed up to play. No one else joined him, and it reflected on the scoreboard a 27-14 loss uh, for our beloved Chicago Bears. So uh, we go back out on the road, which is uh, – Oddly enough, a good thing for our Bears. They're 3-1 and one in the four games they've played on the road so far this year, and we've managed to beat teams that are notoriously strong at home. We beat San Francisco. Uh, we beat the Jets, who, even though they're not overall a good football team, were 8-8 eight eight last year, but were 6-2 at home last year. Uh, we, we should have beat the Carolina Panthers. We let that one get away from us so we we play better on the road than we have at home you guys heard me mention this that was the the miami game was the end of our first half home schedule and we're winless uh on that schedule which only compounds the issues that the bears are having uh overall that we haven't won a game at home yet and we look brilliant on the road so it's it's funny that we're going on the road to foxborough where the Patriots, I think, were either 8-0 and or 7-1 and at home uh, last year, and to actually think we have a chance based on how we've played on the road so far this year. So it's, uh, it's, it's weird to be thinking that way, that it's actually a good thing the Bears are going to Foxborough instead of having the Patriots come to us. So, oh, Lord. Well, anyway, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, this week's review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. We'll be back on Thursday to discuss the Bears' upcoming game against the New England Patriots and how we think it's all going to shake out. The Patriots are uh, not all that they used to be. You know, they still have Tom Brady. They're still uh, still a tough, tough football team. Belichick is still the brilliant head at the head of the table uh, for the Patriots. So uh, we definitely have our hands full. Uh, on Sunday but um, like I said 
we play 10 times better on the road than we have at home this year and um you know we'll see what kind of matchup that makes for the bears uh on sunday so uh that's going to do it for the week seven review episode of the chicago bears review so like i said we'll be back on thursday with the preview over the bears and the patriots so until then my name is larry d and this has been the chicago bears review